Once again, thank you for, for being here. Um, so glad that you're here. Happy Veterans Day, you know, for all of you. We want to honor all of you um, who have served in the military. I know there are a number of you here. But also, you know, this is a day in which our country uh, stops, and, and it's more than just a, a holiday where we get the, you know, tomorrow some of you will be off. But it really is an important time in which we do want to honor all of the people who have served in the military. And, you know, sometimes we take um, those people and we take the military for granted, or uh, there are times when, you know, the military, are, you know, just criticisms and all that. But the truth is, you know, the freedom that we enjoy today, um, it's not cheap freedom. You know, it's cost people, uh, um, you know, a lot, uh, cost people their lives. And so um, I'm going to pray. I wanted to pray and just pray and, and to thank God uh, and, and to bless all the people who have served in the military. Also, uh, we just come off of an election. And, um, you know, elections, some of the elections can be contentious and all this. But at the end of the day, um, when, when the people vote and, and people are elected into office, it is our responsibility, uh, whether we voted for them or not, it's our responsibility that we, we pray for them. Uh, in Timothy, it talks about pray for those who are in authority. And, uh, you know, for some of you, you might think, oh, I didn't vote for that guy. Well, pray for them even more then, you know, but pray. We need to pray for our governor. We need to pray. This is such um, uh, a challenging time in, in the, the history of our nation that we got to pray, right? And so, um, yeah, join me. Let's just pray. <clears throat> Father, we are so grateful uh, for all the men and women who, um, who have served in the military, that uh, a lot of times they don't, um, you know, they're not recognized as they should, um, that the sacrifices that they have made, Lord. And so we just pray <clears throat> that you would bless all our veterans, uh, you would bless them, bless their families, and we want to just take time to say thank you for all of them. And that we recognize that we, we live in this place and we live <clears throat> in this great country. And so much of it is because of all of those men and women who have served. So we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for them. We honor them today. And uh, Father, we just also pray for all the elected officials, you know, all of them, God, who got elected into office. Lord, thank you for all the candidates who, who took that step um, to run. That's not an easy thing to run. And all of them took a step. So we ask you to bless all of the candidates and all those who have gotten in, Lord. We just pray that you would bless them with your wisdom, that you would give them much wisdom, much wisdom for what is necessary to lead in the positions they lead, whether it be governor, or senator, or city councilman, or OHA, or whatever it is. God, we just pray that you would give them wisdom, Lord. And if they don't know you, Father, I pray that they would come to know you because there is nothing compared to the wisdom that comes from above, that your wisdom brings a harvest of righteousness. And so we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for our elected officials. May you bless them, give them wisdom. And Father, would you continue to prompt our hearts to pray for all of the people, all of the men and women who are in office. And so we thank you. And Lord, we just pray for today. We just ask that you would speak, that you would speak 
through your Holy Spirit, that come Holy Spirit, speak to us, open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts to your word, that today may, uh, may we hear from you that that is not about me, that may, may I just decrease, that, that you, O oh God, may increase, and that we would hear from you, and we would hear your truth, and the truth would set us free, and we would leave this place more in love with Jesus than when we came in this morning. We thank you, and in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Yay. Thank you, Auntie Sally. We started, you know, we started this campaign, you know, we're, we're, we're finish up, finishing up a campaign, it's called 40 Days of Prayer. And we started this campaign with this question. I started the campaign with this question. Do you really want to grow? Do you really want to grow? You know? And that was the, the encouragement. That was the challenge to all of you. And I hope and I pray that you took advantage and that you made the investment in, in this last you know, X amount of weeks and that, um, that you have experienced fruit, that, that you have grown in prayer that you've grown in your relationship with God, you know, as we looked at the different areas, different areas and aspects of prayer. We looked at some misconceptions about prayer and how truly foundational, if you want to follow Jesus, prayer is just, is vital, it's not an option, it is necessary. We looked at how our understanding of God shapes everything in our lives, and, and prayer is a way in which we get to know our God, you know. That to the degree that you know God, is, that's going to be, the, enf- the evidence is going to be how you live your life. You'll only live your life in a way that's pleasing to God as much as you know who he is. And prayer is so important. We learned some important truths like uh, in, in how, to, how to pray more effectively. You know, we, we, we got to practice. Prayer is something we practice. Um, we learned how praying throughout the day is so important and so vital. You know, some of you folks are you know, at work and you have to hunt around for parking and, and, uh, and you just wonder. And, 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 you know, there are people who I get phone calls, hey, guess what? I got a great parking today. Why did they get? Because they're praying throughout the day, you know? And for a parking space, well, you know, let's get into the practice of asking God for everything. And then um, we learned that God is a God who heals. You know, we took some time here in the service and had people pray for each other. And it was really awesome because we, we talked about how it's God's kuleana. It's God's kuleana to, to heal. Our kuleana is just to ask. Yeah? That there isn't a special power that any of us have. That, that we just ask. And God is the one with the power. And so we got into groups, right? Certain people raised their hands and said, yeah, you know, you can pray. And... and um, again, to this day, there are people who are experiencing healing from just a couple Sundays ago. And you know what? It was just you all praying for each other and because God is the one who heals. And then last week, we looked at why you know, there are times when God says no when we ask him. You know? and, 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 and no is not a bad thing. No is a loving thing. Sometimes the best answer to some prayers that we pray is the answer no. Um, and so if, you know, you've kind of like jumped in and it's a little late and you think, man, that sounds really good. 
um, you know, I want to encourage you, if you, you haven't been here, whatever, you can always go on iTunes and you can just go check, you know, type in Kakaku Christian Fellowship and you can just, previous messages are there. And, um, um, you know, my wife Joanne, she, she spoke on just some principles in prayer. After the service, people come up to me, hold your wife, firecracker at her. And then, you know, they're talking like that. I've never had anybody call me on firecracker. They call me on, you know. <laughs> They call me all this stuff, but they never call me that. So you just go, look, Joanne Morimoto, and, and off you go, and, and you can do that. And I hope, I hope that you will continue to practice and apply what you've learned over these past few weeks about prayer, you know. And, and today, um, I just wanted to, as, as a way of just finishing up and as a way of moving toward our vision service, I really just wanted to, to, to talk a little bit about, maybe encourage you guys a little bit about uh, something that's really, really, really important as we move forward. In fact, it's something that, you know, just take all the things you've learned and you can apply it in this way, and it could, it, could, it could really change your life. It really, really could, you know, that is that powerful. A few years ago, um, we went to um, Korea as a family, and none of us um, had ever been there before, and, and none of us... Um, speak, you know, none of us speak Korean except for a couple members of my family who are um, avid um, watchers of um, these uh, dramas on that, the, the, you, know, you know, Korean drama. I, I'll try not to say Korean dramas, but it's Korean dramas, and, and they know some words now because of that. We eat, we eat uh, jajamun, you know, the, um, the black bean noodles. We eat that because of dramas, but anyway... That's the extent of it all. So we don't know anything, but uh, we wanted to, and they, especially they wanted to go to Korea. So we went. It was great. And um, Holly Polk, you know, a, a, a woman who comes to our church, she introduced us to a person, um, a guide, who helped her when she went to Korea. And so um, her name is Mrs. Chung, and uh, she was really helpful in helping Holly get around uh, Seoul. And so uh, we got in contact, and for the first couple of days of our time in Seoul, that uh, Mrs. Chung was our guide, and uh, she was so great, you know. And uh, uh, when you are in a uh, foreign country or a place that you know you've never been before, um, and there's a lot of people around, uh, you got to stay really close, you know. And and the thing with Mrs. Chung was, boy, she could walk, and she walked like, like. 10 miles an hour, you know, and we would have to like follow along, but we're following Mrs. Chung, and you know, she, she took us, um, she, she led us, she took us to a church, we got to go to a church in Korea, um, we got to go on a, 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 a boat ride on, on a river, uh, we got to go to all kinds of places, and of course she took us to places with some, with some really great uh, food as well, and, and she really, really was a blessing to us. She helped us kind of get familiar with Seoul, you know. One thing that I couldn't do, I still can't do, is when you go and you go shopping, um, you, can kinda, you can kind of discuss prices, right? But I can't do that, you know. But, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, you know, what about so-and-so, so much? And I'm just, in the, I'm so embarrassed, you know. It's like, no, just pay the price, you know. But, but we learned and we got a bearing and, and all that, and it was great. It was so great having uh, Mr. Chung as our, our guide in Korea. You know, it just, 
He just made all the difference in the world. And if you ever go to Korea, you've never been there before, I would highly recommend you know, Mrs. Chung or, or, or someone else um, to, 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 to act as a guide. And, you know, I was thinking about that. You know, wouldn't it be great to have a guide like that uh, for all the other parts of our lives? You know, like a guide that would walk you through the dating process. Wouldn't that be great? No, no, not that one. This one. You know, I mean, how great would that be? You know, in fact, I'm kind of that. You know, the, the H3 women's basketball team, I was known as Dr. Love because I'm Dr. Love. Joanne is shaking her head, so no, I, yeah. But, but you see, wouldn't it be great, not me, but to have a true guide to guide you into the dating process? Or how great would it be for those of you who are married to, to have a guide that when you get into an argument with your spouse, yeah, that, um, that, and, and just when you're about to say something really dumb, yeah, especially if you're a husband, right? That you had a guy to go like, oh, don't go there. Don't say that. Don't, Mark, don't tell Joe now that when she's going through morning sickness, don't say it was all in her mind. Don't say that. See? Yeah. Back when Joanne was pregnant, I didn't have a guy then. I might have said that a few times, you know. But wouldn't it be great? If we had a guide, a really reliable expert that would guide us through all the twists and the turns and, and through all the decisions that we need to make, wouldn't that be great? You know? And I began to think as, as we're talking about prayer and we're talking about all the aspects of prayer, how it all comes together is that the great news is, is we do have a guide like that, that we do have um, a God who wants to guide us. In fact, in Isaiah 9.6, this is what Isaiah wrote about the coming Messiah. You know, thousands of years later, it says this, For a child is born to us, a son will be given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called what? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And our God is a wonderful, wonderful Counselor that he's there to guide us, that, that he is amazing, he is powerful, he is, he is our father. He's a, guy, he's a guide who's like a father who loves us, as like a father loves his children, and, and he's there to guide us, that he's the giver of peace. And the, the thing that Isaiah is saying is that our God is an active God. He's not just this God somewhere up there in the clouds and when we do bad things, he's lightning bolt, boom, and all that, waiting, just waiting for us to do, you know, naughty things. No, he is a God who is right there and he wants to guide us. And how amazing is that? In fact, you know, if, if I said, you know, what is the most, the most popular or most well-known psalm around? And I would say Psalm 23, and you guys would say, yeah, yeah, we kind of know that psalm, that Lord is my shepherd deal, right? You see, that's what, that's what this psalm is all about. This psalm is about God being our guide, that our God who will lead us through life. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What does he do? He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides uh, quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right, right paths for his name's sake. You see, God is here. God loves us, and he will, and he, and he, wants, to, he wants to 
lead us and guide us. In fact, James um, 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, and who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Any of us, any of you made a bad decision? You know, any of you made a bad decision? You know, uh, have you ever needed some wisdom? God says, I'm right here. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to give you all the right. I want to give you the right way to go because that's who I am. You know? And so most of us would say, I really would like that. You know, if, there, if, God is, if God is that way, I would love God to guide me. And the question is, how do, how do we experience the guidance of God? You know, how do we experience? This is so great, man. I want it. How do we experience that? And then we hear people around us in the church. We hear people who say stuff like, you know, and I've said this, you know, God spoke to me about going here. Or you know, God just put this burden on my heart. Or God showed me this. And, and you think, man, I've never experienced anything like that. You know, that, that, that how come I don't experience that? How come I never had an experience where God told me something? Or put something on my heart, you know? And, and we wonder, like, why? Why doesn't God do that? And I think if we are honest, I think we all would like to experience the guidance of God. But also, if we're really, really honest, that there are times, right, that, that, that we want God to guide us, but it's, it's almost too much of a risk. Because, because we don't know if God is going to guide us. We, we don't know where God will guide us to go. Right? And for some of us, there are times it's scary. You know? Like when, when, when I was thinking about going into the ministry and I thought, God, will you guide me? You know, oh, what if, what if ministry for me was, was, you know, like being a missionary somewhere where they eat like dogs as food? And for me, I can't eat dogs as food because... Dog spelled backward is God, you know, and that's like the closest thing to God that we have, you know, and I just can't do that, right? And you get nervous, right? Don't you get nervous when you're like, God, what do you want? And we get nervous because we don't know what God would want us to go and, and to do. And James, in the Bible, he kind of addresses this in James 4, 1 to 3. And listen to what he says. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Okay. That's how we say, what, what's, what, what's causing the quarrels and fights? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Okay. Go on, James, okay. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. You are so jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Then he goes on. He says, well, I'm not that bad. Then he goes on. He says, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And he's saying, like, maybe part of the problem is, you know, you're fighting, you're doing all these things, and instead of maybe you should just ask God if he wants to give you that. You know? Mark. Don't get all angry and mad at Francis Oda because he drives a Tesla. Ask me for it. No, I mean, you know, you know, something like that, right? And then he goes on. He says this. And even when you ask, okay, okay, you don't have something, you get angry, quarrel, whatever, 
contentiousness, all that. God says, James is saying, why don't you just ask? Then he clarifies even more. He says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. No mincing of words there. And if you want to experience the guidance of God, and you want to hear him speak to you, he will, because our God is really our greatest guide. But we've got to follow through in obedience. Okay? That, that our motives cannot just be selfish, and I want this, I want that. God, I need to hear you because I want, you know, what is the combination of lottery numbers? I need that, God. You know? No, he says, sometimes when you ask, you got the wrong motives. But if you got the right motives, God will lead you. But here's the thing, that you've got to follow through with obedience. And here's the amazing thing. The more you follow through with obedience, the more, um, the more you will begin to see how God begins to guide you in a greater and greater way. And as we finish this up, I just wanted to share, I just wanted to encourage you with a few truths, because this can be like, again, I could, you know, you could talk for hours and hours and hours about it, you know, because there's so much involved in how do you really hear God. But I want to encourage you to take that step, some basic things, all right? So the first thing is this. If you want to hear God, if you want God to be your guide, you got you to gotta come to that place where you believe that God does speak to us. You got to believe that God is a God who will speak to us. And the, the thing isn't that God's not going to speak. The, 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 the bigger question is we got to learn how to recognize his voice, his voice. Yeah. In the Old Testament, there's this really great story about the prophet Samuel. When he was a little boy, now maybe not that little, maybe about 11, 10, 11 years old, and, and it really helps us to understand what we, what we need to learn. In 1 Samuel 3.1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the days of the Lord was rare. There weren't many visions. And what he's saying is he's, he's serving under Eli. But people aren't commonly hearing from God. There's no dreams. There's, there's, there's nothing. There's visions. There's hardly anything that people are connecting with God in that way, kind of like some of us feel today. Right? goes on in verse 2. One night, Eli whose eyes were becoming so weak because he was all old that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord calls to Samuel. The Lord, not, not Eli. The Lord calls to Samuel, and Samuel answers, Here I am. And he runs to Eli and says, Here I am. You called me. right? Because he's thinking he hears something. He thinks that's Eli. So he runs over there. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he goes, lie down. Again, the Lord calls him Samuel. He runs, goes to Eli. Hey, here I am, you know. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, right? He didn't understand. He didn't learn to recognize the voice of the Lord. So a third time, the Lord calls Samuel. Samuel gets up, goes to Eli again. Here I am. You called me. And then Eli finally gets it. And he realizes that um, it is the Lord who is calling Samuel. So Eli tells Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you again, you know, this is what I want you to say. Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 
Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel, he says, goes back, lays down in his place, and the Lord comes and, and, and came and stood there, calling as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And, and God calls. The question wasn't that God wasn't calling. The question wasn't God wasn't speaking. This Samuel didn't learn to recognize that that was the voice of the Lord. You know? and, and the point is that God was speaking. That wasn't the issue. God was speaking. The issue was Samuel wasn't able, he didn't learn yet to recognize that it was God who was speaking. So, you know, it's possible for God to speak to us, and yet the person, you know, doesn't really know what's going on. And I would venture to say, and how this applies to us, as, as followers of Christ, you know, God will speak to you. God is speaking to you. The question is, we're like Samuel. We just haven't learned to recognize um, the voice of the Lord, you see? And that's really important. We got to start there because sometimes we think, no, God only speaks to the special people, you know? Mark, God speaks to you because you're special. You know, you are. No, I'm not. You're a pastor, though. Well, no, it doesn't matter. That God speaks to every person. We just got to learn to recognize. The second thing then, if God speaks, and we got to learn to recognize his voice, we got to understand this. God will speak to us in different ways. He'll speak to us in different ways. He, he, he doesn't speak to us the way we just might think. You know, we just might assume. that we, When we see movies about God sometimes, there's that booming, echoey voice. Bark, you know, that kind of stuff. And there are times when he will. But, but God is a God, and he's God. And he's all-powerful and all-knowing that he can speak to us in so many different ways. You know, Samuel probably heard an audible voice. But God speaks in all kinds of ways. In Acts 20, verse 22, the Apostle Paul says that he was compelled by the Spirit. What does that mean? He didn't say, the Spirit spoke to me, and I, he said, I was compelled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. How was he compelled? It could have been through a number of things. There are so often that God speaks to us um, and prompts us with thoughts and ideas. There are thoughts that, that will come into your mind, maybe like, you know what, just Mark, call so-and-so today. And all of us have those kind of thoughts. Or there might just be a feeling, you know, like even right now, I think, oh, you know, I, I, just, I just keep thinking about my friend Bob. You know? And, and you don't know where that came from. You're just sitting there, and, and you're trying to stay awake. With, you know, here right now, you're all tired. You're trying to stay awake, and your eyes like, I better stay awake, you know. But, but you just keep thinking about your friend Bob or your friend, friend Sally or whatever. And God speaks to us sometimes with just nudges like that. There are times when, um, you know, you read your Bible, and so often, you know, when you read your Bible, and that's why it's so precious to read your Bible they're going to be just things that just jump out at you, you know, jump out at you. And the crazy thing is you might be reading it with three or four other people, but that one verse, that jumps out. And we think, oh, that's odd. And, and God 
will speak in ways like that. And, and the thing that we got to understand is that he will speak in all kinds of ways, that there may be a nudge, there may be a leading, but we understand, first and foremost, that none of these nudges, none of the feelings, none of the leadings that we have, that if it goes against the truth of the Bible, that we, gotta, we understand, no, that was really, that one wasn't from God. Like you're watching a football game, and a ref makes a terrible call, and inside your heart, you says, I feel like, you know, just this thought comes into your mind, kill the ref, right? Kill the ref. Exodus 20, 13, part of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. That's clear. God's not going to tell you, kill the ref. Because his word says, you shall not murder. God just might be saying to do him harm. No, God doesn't say to do that either. See? But we got to understand that, you know, I I had someone come to me and, and they said, you know, Mark, things are rough. And I really heard God last night, so I have a real peace, that I'm supposed to leave my husband and that there's a person at work who is just so loving and all that. And I believe God is calling me to, 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 to leave my husband for them. Well, the Bible says a lot of stuff about that. You know? And so I, I just had to gently say to that person, um, yeah, maybe you heard that, maybe you felt that, but the God of the Bible would never, never lead you to do something like that. Why not? It was so clear. I've heard God before. But well, God wouldn't. I said, well, part of it is, you know, leaving and divorce is painful, and God knows that. That's why he says in his word, God hates divorce. All the pain it brings. So God wouldn't go against his word. So that's there. And that's why it's so important to know the Bible But there are things that we hear all the time that are not in that category. It's, hey, say this, get your wife flowers, do this, do, no. And and we just think, oh, that's that's an interesting thought. And we've got to understand that we've got to learn to recognize. And how we do that is we begin to, to act on that. If, if, if you just felt in your spirit like a nudge, you know, encourage so-and-so with just a short note. Is it from God? Maybe. Is it not? Maybe. We don't know. But begin to practice. I mean, what, what harm? You know, how god-awful bad would it be if you just wrote a note to someone? You know? But what if you wrote that note and someone says, you know, just when I got that note, I was going through just the worst of times. And I was saying, God, man, I just need some kind of encouragement. And God used you. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, that, oh, maybe that was God. And as we follow through on, on the different ways that God speaks to us through his word and just impressions or thoughts that we have, we'll learn to begin to recognize. There is something that we have to learn. Like Samuel had to learn to recognize the, the voice of the Lord. Hebrews 5.14 says, Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right 
and wrong. You see, there are certain things that we have to grow. We've got to learn. And hearing the voice of God is like that. Like Samuel, we've got to learn to recognize his voice. There's this priest, and his name is Henry Nowen. And he's this brilliant teacher, wrote a whole bunch of books. I love Henry Nowen. Um, and he's this teacher who was taught at Yale and Harvard and places like that. And this brilliant teacher spent the last decade of his life in a community with people with all kinds of emotional, mental, physical disabilities. That, and, and he was there because he felt God's leading. And so he said, you know what? I could be speaking at Yale and Harvard and all that, but you know, I feel God's leading me to join this community with people who are just challenged in all kinds of ways. And, and he was there, and it was there that he met a guy named Trevor who had really severe uh, challenges, mental and emotional challenges, that you know, one day he was sent to a psychiatric hospital. And Henry, he called the hospital to arrange a visit to see Trevor. And when the authorities found out that Henry Nowen wanted to come to visit someone in their facility, they immediately said, would you be willing to speak to like doctors and nurses and the staff, and we can have a lunch together and all that? And, uh, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, sure, sure, he'll do that, you know? And then he goes there, and he goes to the lunch, and he looks around, and he doesn't see Trevor anywhere. And... and uh, he said, oh, where's Trevor? And he says, well, um, patients are not allowed, for one, to eat with staff and doctors and all that. And two, this is a really special room. The golden room is called. And, and patients aren't allowed to eat in here. And, and Henry, and especially if you read his books, he's not a real confrontational, in-your-face kind of guy. He's just kind of really mellow. But he, he felt the Lord's leading. And so he said, okay, I'm, I, I've got to speak up. And so he says, you know, the purpose why I came was to have lunch with Trevor. And if Trevor can't be here, I'm going to have to decline. I mean, he said it as nicely as he could. Well, they worked things out that Trevor was there and joined them at this, at this lunch. And at one point, uh, during the lunch, and everyone's eating lunch, Trevor stands up on his feet, to his feet, lifts his glass of soda, and he, and he says this, a toast. I will now offer a toast. And everybody's all nervous, right? Because they don't know what this guy is going to say or do. right? Because like, oh no, that's Trevor. Oh no. And he's up there, I'm going to offer a toast. And everybody was nervous. Then this deeply challenged man in a room full of PhDs and doctors, he starts singing, if you're happy and you know it, raise your glass. If you're happy and you know it, raise your glass. And he's just singing, you know. And, and he just starts singing with joy. He just starts singing. And, and everybody's there. They don't know what to do. And it was kind of awkward that here was this man with, the, with so much challenges and brokenness in his life that they couldn't even imagine. He was just beaming and he was just thrilled to be there at lunch with everybody. So he goes on, and, and slowly and softly, they all kind of join in, you know. Happy and you know it, raise your glass, you know. And, and soon, Henry says that um, they begin to, to sing louder and louder till everyone in the room 
with joy on their face, just singing the song with, 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 with Trevor. And, and, and Henry goes on later to say that I went there, I gave my talk, but the moment that everyone remembered, the moment that God spoke clearly to the room and touched hearts with a memory that would last as long as they live, was not through a person who was giving a talk that day. That God spoke clearly through a person they would all have said was the least likely person to speak for God. God spoke to Henry, and God spoke through Trevor. That's how God speaks at times. And we've got to learn to recognize, because he'll speak to us in all different ways. And people are going to come in our lives, and God's going to use people to speak words to us. And God is an amazing guy, amazing God and guide. And, and he will, and he does speak to us. But we've got to learn to recognize his voice. And we, and we understand that he'll speak to us in all kinds of different ways throughout our day. And we've got to learn to hear the voice of God in those little ways throughout our day. Because prayer is more than a one-way conversation. See, prayer is not just me talking to God and telling him all the things I want. Prayer is also about, prayer is this personal connection. And it's two ways. It's about talking, yes, but it's also about listening to God. Jesus said in John 10, 3 and 4, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he had brought them out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Why? Because they know his voice. Because they know his voice. Jesus is that good shepherd. He was talking about himself. And the sheep are all of those who are following him. And he said they follow him because they know his voice. There's a personal connection. It isn't about doctrine and all this. It's about a personal connection that, that the shepherd speaks and they hear and they know his voice and they're following him. And, and most often, God will speak to us as we pray and as we humble ourselves, disengage from the activities of our lives, spend time with him, we get in a position for God to speak to us. The other night, man, this, this has been a crazy, crazy month. And, 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 and last week, and this, the last two weeks, I've been like, man, so stressful. You know, one night I said, man, God, I, I, I just want to go heaven. Heaven is, heaven is, heaven is great. I go heaven already, you know. And um, there's so many things on my mind. There's so many challenges. And um, just having to do so many things, it was late at night, and I said, you know what, I just pushed that keyboard on the side, and I just said, you know what, God, I, I, I just prayed this really, 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 powerful prayer. You know, this powerful prayer. I just push it on the side and say, God, I need help. I just, that was it. I need help. I need help. And I just stopped. And I just said, God, you know, it's just, I'm stressed. It's discouraging. Um, I just need help. I just waited. And, and I didn't hear, Mark, here I am. I am with you. 
You know, I love you. You know, I was just there. And I took a couple of deep breaths. I even had my Bible open. I was just there. I said, God, I just need help. And then all of a sudden, you know, my computer, a um, couple minutes later, pretty quick, um, you, know, you get this little sound, there's a notification that you have an email, right? And, uh, um, you know, it's like, okay, great, another email, right? That's all I need, right? What is this email going to say now, right? And so I said, nah, I'm not even going to. And I just kept on just, God. And I just felt God nudge, Mark, open that email. I said, no, I got enough. I don't, I, don't, I don't need nothing else. But I just felt a nudge, open that email, right? So turn on my, get my computer, get my mouse. I go to that email. I look. It's from Elijah List, right? And, and I thought, okay, that's, that's encouraging because it's not from someone who's just, you know, upset at me or whatever. And uh, I opened the email. It's from Elijah List. And the subject, subject right there was, you have passed the test. You have passed the test. And I was and I didn't even have to read the rest of that article. It was like God was saying to me, Mark, I know. I know it's really tough right now. But I want you to know that I know you, I love you, and all the things you're going through, you've passed the test. You have passed the test. And, you know, I, I just, I said, and the first thought was, man, God, is, is this a coincidence? Is that really you, God? And I realized, you know what? That's God speaking to me. God, thank you. Thank you, God. And you know what? Went to sleep. Thank the Lord. Can I prove that there was God? You know, probably not. Probably not. But over the years, I have seen God do things like that over and over and over again. And I've learned that I need to remember Samuel. And I need to learn to have this expectant attitude, even when you're all messed up like that, that I just need to, to stop like Samuel and say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Because God does speak. God does speak. But am I ready to listen? You see, God loves you. He loves you inside and out. God will speak to you. God is speaking to you. The question is, do you want this God who loves you and wants the very best for you, do you want this God to guide you? Do you trust him enough to lead you on that right path? Will you open your eyes and your ears and your heart? And will you just say what Samuel said? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. God's speaking. God's speaking to you. God might be speaking to you right now. The question isn't if God is speaking. The question is, are you going to recognize that that's God? And are you going to want God to speak to you? See, there are some of you here right now who feel like God's really distant. That, that he might speak to some people, maybe some special people who are like super spiritual or something like that. They're really good people. But, but, but you don't think that he would speak to you. 
Now, you may be going through like some things and you just could use some guidance in your life right now. And you're stressed, you know, and you could use a word of encouragement. You might be discouraged and, and, and you could use a word of hope from God. And if, and if you would like for God to speak to you and guide you, you know, I want you to do something. And it's just a small step of faith this morning. If you really want God to speak to you, just raise your hand. Yeah? Do you want God to speak to you? Yeah, see, I mean, we all do. They say, God, you know, I really do want you to lead me. I really do want you to guide me. You know, and, and there's some of you here, to be honest, that, that if you're really honest, you're kind of afraid. You know God speaks. You might have even heard God speak, but, but you're afraid that he's going to tell you something that you really don't want to do. You might be even feeling it now, like, I, and you just want to ignore it because it's not what you want to do. It might be even painful to even think about that. You know? and, and, and it's like, man, God, I'm afraid because if I really do let you lead me, I might not like what you're leading me to. And I want you to do something. That I want, I want you to, if that's you, you can relate to that. Would you raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm a bit afraid. Yeah, yeah. Raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm a bit afraid. Yeah. I'm kind of afraid. And the reason I'm asking you to raise your hand is because we've got to get to a point where we say, you know, I, I've got to be able to trust God. And I believe if you take your step of faith, like we always say, that when, when you step out in faith, God will, God will meet your faith with his faith. He'll intersect your faith with his faithfulness. And so as you say, yeah, God, that's me. That's me. And you're honest with yourself. And you're honest enough and, and courageous enough to say, I don't care what other people, I, I, that's me. I felt like that as we prayed today, God will give you some breakthrough. That God's going to give you some breakthrough. They say, God, I really want to hear you. As we pray today, God is going to begin to open your ears. And you're going to recognize like never before, like God is speaking to me. And he's going to give you the grace to follow through with obedience. Because that's what we got to do. Right? It's not just hearing something, it's following through with obedience. I hear God saying, Mark likes Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I feel like God's saying to get him some. If you're hearing that, follow through. Don't do that. Though. But we got to follow through. And for some of you, you're afraid. Because it's like, and right now for some of you, you have a feeling in your heart that God's telling you to do something and you just don't want to do it. And God wanted you to take a step in faith because, because as we pray, He will give you the faith. He will give you the assurance that what He's calling you to, what He's asking you to, is really for your good. Even if you can't see it. And that, God, yeah, I'm going to take that step and I am going to say, God, whatever and wherever. Lord, your servant is speaking. Talk to me. And God's going to break through. And he's going to break right through that fear. 
And he's going to give you grace. And he's going to give you faith. To say, yeah, that's what I want. So, we're going to pray. But if that was you, I'm just going to borrow you. Just raise your hand and keep your hand up as we pray as a way of saying, that's me, God. And we're going to pray right now, right? So if that's you, you're afraid, or you really want God to speak to you, raise your hand, all right? Raise your hand, and we're going to pray. Father, we want you. We desperately want you to lead and to guide us. And I, I haven't learned to recognize your voice. I pray today, break through and open my ears. Open my eyes to see that you are speaking to me. Open my eyes, even right now, that you're going to be speaking to us right now. Open my eyes. Open my ears. And then give me the faith and the grace to follow through in obedience. And Father, for some of us, we're afraid, man. We're afraid. Will you give us faith now? Will you give us faith? Will you give us faith to trust that you love us and you want the very best for us? And you will never lead us to a place that will cause us harm. But you're going to lead us to the best place. And Father, we can't see that right now. But you want to give us something even greater than what we can see. And we, and we choose today. See, God, we're afraid. But we're going to trust you. I pray, infuse us with your faith today. Infuse us. Infuse our hearts with your faith. Come, Holy Spirit, infuse us with your faith. In Jesus' name, amen.